This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Champions! It's the Champions League final. Manchester City against Chelsea. The All-Premier League final. Pep Guardiola and Man City look to finally win a Champions League trophy against Thomas Tuchel and Chelsea. This is going to be one hell of a game. We got Jimmy Conrad for betting tips, analysis, preview, predictions, and we also have interviews courtesy of our own James Bench with Pep Guardiola, Thomas Tuchel, Christian Pulisic, Kevin De Bruyne, Raheem Sterling, and so much more. This is a packed, packed preview. Make sure that you check it out because it begins right now after an incredible season of ups and downs it's the match the world has been waiting for Manchester City against Chelsea an all Premier League UEFA Champions League final Saturday May 29 at 3 p.m. Eastern streaming live on Paramount Plus it's Pet Guardiola against Thomas Tuchel Christian Pulisic Zach Steffen Kevin De Bruyne N'Golo Kante and much much more the Champions League final Manchester City against Chelsea visit ParamountPlus.com forward slash UCL to start your free trial today here the champions league final this is our preview the champions jimmy conrad in the house jimmy c how are you my friend we're at the finish line luis i am absolutely buzzing one of the teams that i expected to get to get here i almost didn't use proper english to get here (laughs) got there and the other team, Chelsea, actually a bit of a surprise. However, I do want to give you a shout out, LME, because you said that Chelsea would get to the final and win it. So you are close to being on the Mount Rushmore of prediction gods, and I'm here for it. So congratulations to that. Thank you. I think it balances out because I've gotten so many wrong that this could be like the good one, right? But, <laughs> but listen, hey, here's to you, my friend, for Jimmy Conrad giving so many Great betting tips throughout the Champions League campaign. And he is wearing Man City today, which (laughs) makes me think that I think I know where he's heading. I might agree. And we're going to talk about it throughout the episode, everybody. This is our preview. Jimmy Conrad and yours truly. By the way, this episode includes audio bites, sound bites, interviews, courtesy of our very own James Bench. Uh, who was uh, reporting live from both uh, training sites as well this week from both Manchester City and Chelsea. So we have a lot, including Christian Pulisic, Thomas Tuchel, Pep Guardiola, Kevin De Bruyne, so much more. And then Jimmy will give you some betting tips and then we will wrap it up with a nice ribbon with our final score predictions. But we begin, Jimmy Conrad. I want to begin with you. Just, you know, an all Premier League final. Is this what you expected even as late as now uh, from, you know, Man City and Chelsea, especially in how they got here? With regard to Man City, not surprised they got to the final. I know that there was a curse with Pep Guardiola and Man City and, and not being able to reach a certain level in this competition, but he broke that curse. 
They have played very professionally. It always hasn't been aesthetically pleasing, but they've gotten results. Even when they didn't play well, they got results, and that's really important. On the flip side, I think once Tuchel really started to you know, maintain that identity or establish that identity that we now know them for, it was pretty clear that that team during the quarterfinals, round of 16, semis, all that, that they they really bought in. All the players bought in, and they were scoring the timely goals. Even if Timo Werner missed a couple sitters, they were still scoring the timely goals. And so it wasn't as big of a surprise for them to, to get through. So no, I wish that another team from another country was playing. I, as I mentioned before, I went to the last time uh, Liverpool played Tottenham and it sucked. Uh, so bad. <laughs> it was, it was bad. It was bad. My only champions league final I've ever been to. And I, I, not that I regret it, obviously it was awesome to be there, but the game itself was very poor. I hope that this isn't the same. Given that these two teams have played each other a couple times over the last few months, we could see a bit of a chess match. That said, when people hear the sound from Pep Guardiola and Kevin De Bruyne and everybody from the city side, I think they're up for it. I think they know exactly what they set out to do. They've won the league before. They've won all the cups before. This is the one they're going after. They are, at this point, especially after their last weekend against Everton, I feel like they are kind of finding a new peak in some capacity. Chelsea, on the other hand, have lost three out of the last four. And even though they're creating some opportunities, they just seem, they seem tired. I'll be honest. Chelsea just seem a little bit tired. And Golo Conte, is he going to be fully fit? Edouard Mendy, is he going to be fully fit? They got some question marks. And we can break down the tactics a little bit. I think City just has a little bit more momentum going into this. Yeah, no, absolutely. So that's what we're going to do, everybody. First, in this first half of the preview, we will focus on Manchester City, the Premier League champions the League Cup champions looking for a treble and the run and the lead up to this final. Amazing. Uh, Gladbach, Borussia Dortmund, PSG, and now they are in the final. And we promise you some uh, some bites here. And we're going to begin with Pep Guardiola. And here he talks a little bit about this season and how packed it's been and whether he's been able to enjoy it or not. And this is courtesy of your own James Bench. Pep Guardiola here on the season itself. Check it out. I would love it. I would love it. But you know what happened with this crazy schedule? In three days, you have another game. And you have to think about it. Because with we win the strike, the 20 win victories in a row is because we have to think immediately the next one. If not, you cannot win 21 in a row. And uh, that's why you don't have too much time to reflect, to think about it, what is going on. It's just like a routine machine. You make pizzas, 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 pizzas. But it's the same. So next game, next game, next game. Now in summertime, now in this period when we won the Premier League three weeks ago, now that, yeah, you have more time to enjoy, to think about it, to what you have to do. That was Pep Guardiola. And here's another bite from Pep uh, talking about the little details. James Benja asks him about, you know, in the past it's been about the little details. And we've talked about this before, Jimmy, about the minor things that Pep has to think about. And maybe this season wasn't so much about that, but Pep uh, countered. Uh, check it out. We are in the final for the little details. We are in the final for the little details as well in this competition. I, I would say... You have to be consistent in many things. You play good, but at the end, the little margins make the difference. And uh, and I have to admit it that uh, that uh, today, this year, the coin, you know, fell down our side. So. So that was Pep Guardiola, Jimmy Conrad, discussing the final. He seems relaxed. Uh, maybe it was the day. Just uh, he he just wanted to get over and done with. Who knows? But how how do you feel? about Guardiola entering this final and Man City? 
I just want to start by saying that I think James Benj missed a huge opportunity not to follow through on that pizza metaphor and say, hey, Pep, do you like pineapple on your pizza? Do you think pineapple is appropriate on pizza? You know, because obviously that's a big point of contention and stuff. People want to know these types of fun facts about Pep Guardiola. No, he does look relaxed. He does have a track record of being undefeated when he gets to a Champions League final. He's been there twice with Barcelona. He won both of them. He knows what it takes. He doesn't have Messi this time around. I think that's a stigma he's trying to erase as well. Can he win this competition without Leo Messi and his team? I think he's positioned to do so. But to your overall point of just being a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more calm, this is why he got brought in to win this competition. They had already won the league without him. They'd already won cup competitions without him. Like, they've done all that. This is, this is the one. And, and as we've seen, and I think I've mentioned this before, I don't know if I did it on the pod or if I did it on HQ, this guy started the job super serious. What was he wearing, Luis, to start the job? The guy was in men in black suits, right? Wearing the shit. Like, he was all business. And now we see the guy. He's wearing sweatshirts and hoodies. He looks like Bill Belichick out there. And when we think about Bill Belichick, that dude is super relaxed and does not give a shit about anybody. And I feel like Pep is finally, maybe he's kind of hit that point in his life overall where he just has started, start, he's letting go of some stuff that maybe he was holding on to, so many resentment or bitterness. And he just like, you know what? He's very Zen right now. We got, we got, we got Zen Pep. And I think that's going to bode very well for, for them in this particular game, especially when they start to cope with adversity. Because as we know, Chelsea is going to put the screws to him. They're going to make it difficult. And, and can City keep a cool head? When that happens and they did it against PSG. So we have some experience. You when PSG that first half and leg one PSG were excellent. That might've been the best 45 minutes I'd seen from PSG. They were unlucky to only score one in that first 45, but in that second 45, you saw the Zen approach cities. Just keep be ourselves. Let's just get out of our own way. Keep playing. And then they score two that ends up sealing pretty much the whole two legged tie and they go home and do the business. And there's something about this team that feels a little bit different than past iterations of city under pep. And that's why I think they're the favorites. And that's why I'm wearing this jersey. <laughs> <laughs> well, to your theme about the Zen and the Zen master and the chillness, let's move on now to Kevin De Bruyne, because De Bruyne, I'm telling you, he is completely mirroring exactly what you're talking about from Guardiola's energy. Check it out here. James Benj asks him, you know, about being in the Champions League final and Man City being in the Champions League final. Is this something that you dream? And he's very nonchalant about it. Check it out. I think the dream is always to to become the best you can be and be, be on the biggest stages. So uh, Champions League finals is, is one of them. Um, I don't remember me watching all the finals. I watched a few, obviously. I remember the Madrid one with the Zidane goal and then obviously the Liverpool final. I remember uh, in Istanbul, where I just saw that first half. But sometimes I watch it, sometimes I don't. It, it just depends. That was Kevin De Bruyne. Very relaxed, Jimmy. He's like, you know, it's just another game, basically, which is amazing to me, but I get it. I guess that's how Kevin De Bruyne plays anyway, right? Kind of just very smooth, relaxed. Everybody's freaking out about him, and he's the one just chilling out. What would you make of it? I'm really surprised if his heart rate ever gets over a hundred. That's I just, the guy just seems not bothered by anything, right? Nothing, nothing flusters him. And I think that's a sign of a good leader. I think that's a, an extension of the coach in a lot of different ways. Like you're mentioning before we listened to that. I just think he's one of the reasons why they can relax. And as we've mentioned before, and you can see it with a lot of teams, 
if you don't have a player who can slow a game down when, when things are getting crazy, that can, that can draw a foul, that can unlock uh, the high press with an with a, with a incisive pass, it, it really hurts how you're going to transition. Or, or a, a player that can, even from a, like maybe a CDM spot, like a holding midfielder, that can get it to those guys a little bit higher up the field. You know, just those link-up players, De Bruyne can do it all. And because he has this vibe of, of being chill, and he's had it for a good portion of his career, he doesn't seem to go as high and low anymore, right? We see a lot more consistency in his game. And I wonder if that's due to Pep or if that's due to just his age in general or a combination of both. But he is very special and, in my opinion, one of the top three midfielders in the world, hands down. Yeah, no, absolutely agree. He says a few things, by the way, as, of course, this is uh, Sergio Aguero's last game with Manchester City. Uh, some thoughts on that. And he also talks about uh, Ruben Diaz and, and how he's been so influential. So two clips in one. Uh, check it out. Well, I think uh, I've, I've been playing for six years with Sergio since I came here. And I think um, we had a very good connection on the pitch, uh, especially from the first second. I think the first goal I scored, he assisted to me. Uh, and I think after that, I think we... we we found each other easily on the pitch, you know, he, for me it was easy to play with, he's such a relaxed guy uh, and obviously with me being a create and him being a goal scorer, it was like an obvious, uh, obviously a good connection there and you know, we, we, we played great football and it's always a shame when uh, people leave, you know, I saw a few people leaving here in the last few years, but in the other, on the other hand it's also business and that's the, that's the bad part of it to say I would. well I think the the biggest thing for for me is that he played all the games you know uh, I think the last year we had the, obviously injuries with with Aime who's been out the whole year and John had like multiple layoffs for for weeks so then it was difficult to find a, a partnership and you know we had to play with with Dino the, basically the whole year in the back so it is hard you know um, I know that people always talk about our defense, you can get at them, but if I compare that with the other years we were champion, it's basically the same. But obviously Ruben played all the games and because maybe there was such a difference with last year that people go on the, on the narrative, but I don't see any difference with our defense now than three or two years ago, to be honest. That was uh, the Bruyne on two players. And one of them, I, I was very surprised in his answer there, uh, Jimmy, but it kind of reflects on what we're talking about. With Sergio Aguero, he's like, look, this is business, right? The, you know, I, we're, I'm very sad to see him go and we had a good partnership, but this is business. And on Ruben Diaz, he's like, honestly, I see our defense the same way I see it every season, which is kind of amazing because I don't know if I agree, but I think his point about City always trying to find a way and being resilient, especially when they don't have the ball. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I really liked his point about Ruben Diaz and consistency, having somebody in the back line that's there day in and day out. And I feel like I might be in an echo chamber because I say this particular thing a lot, but it's really important, especially in the back line, to have players that you're comfortable in their movements and how they move and how they close space and how they hold the line and how they do all these little things that make such a big difference in, in when they talk about fine margins or, or at the highest level, you know, when you have to make split second decisions, knowing and being accustomed to how everybody's going to move. And I think that to De Bruyne's point, that consistency of Ruben Diaz playing every single game for the most part made such a big difference for the team. There was, there was something 
Vincent company like, right? You knew you were going to have a big, reliable, consistent defender back there that is no nonsense, that is tough to play against, will hold people accountable. And to have that kind of not only a voice, right? Because there has to be a lot of communication from that spot, but also just that gravitas of, of nobody's going to beat us today. That, that kind of confidence permeates through everybody else. And then if you aren't scoring, you still know you have a couple rocks in the back that are not going to let the other team score. And that's a testament to, to the whole team, of course, but Ruben Diaz obviously stood out. I think because the expectations weren't that high for him. He's like, oh, he's coming from Benfica. Let's see how he, let's see how he does, right? There's always that dismissal. Uh, he's coming from the Portuguese league, you know? Even though Bruno Fernandes is a recent example of coming over and lighting it up in the Premier League. There's always a little bit of, eh, you know, we'll wait and see. And he's blown everybody out of the water given his performances. So fair play to Ruben Diaz and, and Kevin De Bruyne for also noting that that consistency is so key. Yeah, and to your point about permeated confidence, we ended here with Raheem Sterling. My God, everybody's just so, I feel like they're at the beach in that Corona commercial with Snoop Dogg and Bad Bunny, just absolutely chilling. Because here's Raheem Sterling talking about the final and feeling very calm and just enjoying the moment and really just uh, how it's different, I guess, from, from other seasons. Uh, check it out. And I think the most important thing is just to, to stay relaxed. Um, you know, enjoy the, the family time and of course the game will take care of itself but cl coming closer to that preparation we'll, we'll get our mental our mental state right to to be you know ready for that game yeah in the past years we haven't had the rubber the green the luck that we needed and um, there's been games that you know we should have won in certain circumstances we haven't um, and that's football at the end of the day that's why you, you keep going that's why we love it um, and this year, you know, we played well and also had the, the luck as well that we needed. And that was Raheem Sterling. All right. So that's Man City. That's all the players. And I think the theme here, Jimmy, is that they are very relaxed. And the more I listen to them, the more it makes me feel that this is uh, not going to be third time lucky for Chelsea. But, you know, we can get into it in the weeds of it all when we talk about Chelsea a little more. So let's get let's get into it tactically here, Jimmy Conrad, from a tactical perspective. Guardiola, obviously, against Chelsea, has struggled to penetrate, I think. That's been the most important thing for him. Uh, there's been possession, as there always is, but it's difficult. Uh, I wonder what you're going to see from Man City. Who are you focusing on as they look ahead to the final uh, on Saturday? So the first thing I did was look back at the last two times these two teams faced with Tuchel in charge of Chelsea. So the first one was the FA Cup semifinal. Before that game, they were on an unbelievable run. I think they had only lost once out of 27 games. That was the Manchester United 2-0. And, and I thought that United in that 2-0 win did show some vulnerability. And it was scoring first. It was kind of slapping them around, being physical with City. And Chelsea had already started to mold into that a little bit with, with Tuchel. In that game in particular, though, they made eight changes going into the FA Cup semifinal. And I remember we were discussing it after the fact that that's a lot of changes to make for a big cup semifinal, right? It just felt, hey, if you're actually going to try to win the quadruple, you should maybe roll out your best guys instead of just hoping. That said, he, he changed it, got a little unlucky. Zach Steffen made a little bit of a mistake. That was really Chelsea's best chance at goal. But I looked at the stats. City had better, better possession. They had more shots, more shots on goal, more corner kicks. So despite all that, Kevin De Bruyne went out 25 minutes into the game. They, they still were somewhat in control and, and just a little bit of an unlucky miscommunication that led to Zayek scoring. Okay, so let's fast forward to the league game. They score first, City, in complete control, really setting the tone, but they play a back three this time. Okay, the, 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 the FA Cup semifinal, they played four and they had two holding midfielders, Rodri and Fernandinho, both started the FA Cup semifinal. 
in the in the the most recent one, the two one loss for City, they they had a back three. And I really feel like Pep did that, even though the league was at stake and they needed to win that to do all whatever. They knew they were going to win one of the last three games to get it. He was trying to poke and prod to find holes. So I don't think that this Chelsea team has seen the 4-3-3 that's really been dominating Pep this season and with the best 4-3-3 available with all of Pep's top players. He's going to see that this weekend. They're all healthy and ready to go. And now it's just going to be selection. That said... I think we know what Chelsea had. Chelsea's shown their hand twice now to Pep. There's not going to be many any changes. Really, now it's just the health of N'Golo Conte and Edouard Mendy, if that's going to change some things there. So that is what I find interesting. Plus, we've seen a blueprint now. Because Chelsea have lost three out of the last four, there's a blueprint to how you can get to these guys. And a lot of it is missed chances. What's been interesting is that Chelsea have actually created a lot more chances in these three losses, but haven't scored. Whereas before, when they were like squeaking by and getting 1-0 wins, they're not creating as much, but, but doing what they needed to do on the other side of the ball. So I don't know. But to my original point, Chelsea just seems a little bit tired. And, and when I heard all the audio, and I know we're going to hear from Chelsea very soon, and, the, and Tuchel and Pulisic, they seem to be answering questions about, hey, how are you going to solve this? Even though they should be the ones kind of being relaxed since they've already beaten City twice in the last couple of months. So it's a really interesting turn, but, but results drive questions and they and, and results drive narrative and right now given the results when they backed into the back four to excuse me they backed into the top four this weekend they have some questions that need to be answered and so for me city are the favorites i think city just have a little bit more of that focus and and chelsea are now sputtering here at the finish line so we could see something very similar to the women's champions league final where barcelona comes in they have that like attitude and desire to like make plays and chelsea just seem to be reacting and we saw what happened there. Barcelona won 4-0 at 4-0 at half. So I don't think it's going to be that big of a scoreline, but I do think that City are just going to put them on the back foot and say, okay, if you guys are good enough and you want to absorb pressure, let's see if you can beat us with our two or three guys on the counter. I just don't think you can because we have a better defense than your attackers. And I just like City in almost every facet of this game. Yeah, and let's not forget, by the way, in the FA Cup game as well, Gundogan didn't start, Phil Foden didn't start. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a penalty that wasn't given to Raheem Sterling, if we remember mm -hmm. that as well. Mendy played more central, which was interesting. Mm -hmm. Ferran Torres as well. They played with two strikers. I don't know if they'll do the same thing, but I think one thing for sure, and I, I agree, I think that once that ref blows that whistle for the first second, Man City is going to come out guns blazing, and they're not going to want to take anything for granted. So I, I agree. I think it's going to be more of a reactionary situation for Chelsea as opposed to, you know, uh, we're going to try and put a stamp on it. I'm, I'm not taking anything away from Chelsea, and you can. And we're going to talk about Chelsea after the break. I promise. It's just that I think that you should almost completely, uh, you know, uh, disregard the other two games in a way and just focus on the fact that, you know, this is different and it, it, there's more at stake here. Yeah. My one big concern, I think Zinchenko is going to start at left back. I think Cancelo's out, unfortunately. He started the season so well and, and big loss. Uh, should be considered for for this team. In the Premier League, he's probably one of the best 11 players this season. But in the Champions League, Pep hasn't gone to him as much. And I think it's because he's a right footer on the left side. I think Zinchenko is going to start. I thought he did well against PSG. I think Walker will end up starting on the right. And then you got Stones and Diaz, okay? Gundogan and, and Bernardo, I think, will be in midfield. My big question mark is whether you go with Fernandinho or Rodri. I don't think you're going to start both of those guys. Fernandinho has been playing very well lately because he's been coming in and getting more minutes since they already captured the league. And there's something about his toughness that I really appreciate. And he leads in a way that Rodri doesn't. 
and, and I think I could see Fernandinho starting, which would be very interesting. The only counter to that, Jimmy, is yes. that usually in a three at the line, I feel that he would prefer a Rodri just to give the... I agree. I would start Fernandinho. So, so if it goes to four at the back, I think Fernandinho starts. And then he just like becomes that sort of... Uh, you know, Libero role, right? Not even, not even Libero, because Libero even pushes. He kind of just stays and sits and watches. Sergio Busquets, like almost, you know, in front right. of the back four. So it, it depends on that three or four, right? Yes, it does. I think they're going to play four for sure. Yeah. There's no you doubt in my mind. Say, I think they're going to go. You can't say Ruben Diaz and John Star. They both have to play. Yeah. They both have to play. I think they're going to play four as well. I think they're going to try to have a little bit more balance on both sides. He, I think he risked that back three in the league. And, and tried to see if if gaining a numerical advantage, pushing Mendy higher up the field or a little bit more central, could, could that could that uh, somehow unlock Chelsea? And I think they figured it out. To your point, and I didn't even mention this, they were up 1-0. Aguero misses that penalty right before half. That would have been 2-0. The game would have been done and dusted. That said, Chelsea found their way back in. They made it 1-1, and then there should have been a penalty for Sterling. We don't need to go over all that old stuff. But, I mean, City, City were still there despite that formation. And I think there were a lot of learnings from that. And obviously, Pep is going to be... Asking questions every time he sets up a formation where they're going to create numerical advantages. That's key. Fernandinho just brings a little bit of a different grit, I think, than Rodri does. The only way that I could see Rodri potentially starting or having a big advantage over Fernandinho is on set pieces. Rodri's a big dude, and it's not necessarily on attacking set pieces. He though he could help. It's more defensively because yeah, that's where I think that's, well. yeah. that's where I think Chelsea could have some success is is on a set piece and Rodri I think does it a little bit better than Fernandinho yeah. and then up top you got to go with Phil Foden he's he's definitely in one of my bets uh, to score anytime plus two twenty Kevin De Bruyne will probably be the the false nine and then Riyad Mahrez has been honestly I feel like he's been getting better and better especially in this competition with each particular round I could see Foden or Mahrez both were one of one of the two scoring in this one they're going to get some looks for sure. And they're going to be really important because where they pick up the ball, this is for attack for all you tactical nerds, where are Foden and Mahrez going to pick up the ball? Because they need to figure out with the wingbacks of Chelsea, most likely Reese James and Ben Chilwell, how are they going to drag those two guys away? Or do they try to find that pocket between the center back? So Azpilicueta and Reese James finding that space or Rudiger and Chilwell. If they can find a way to pull Rudiger or Azpilicueta a little bit farther wide while Reese James and Chilwell are higher, that's where City could do some real damage because that will give up more space in those pockets for Kevin De Bruyne to find. And if he gets the ball, can pick up his head, you're done. You are done. So they, it's 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 a great game. But Foden and Mahrez are very key. Not only not only just in the game overall. If we talk about it in general, yeah, it would be nice to see these two guys score. But how they're used to to draw defenders away from other pockets of space so that Kevin De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva, these guys can run through Gundogan and just you got to be paying attention to it because it's fascinating to me that these guys are used and sometimes as pawns, right, to to draw space away. I, I love it. I could talk about it all day. Yeah, and they're both of them, by the way, can also be used as inverted wingers because they come in right. and then you overpopulate in the midfield. So it's going to be very interesting for sure. All right, give me some betting tips from a Man City perspective. You mentioned Phil Foden. I think he's going to start as well. I mean, what a day for him, right? Uh, you know, Stockport's own Phil Foden, a <laughs> player, Phil Foden. Uh, but who else do you have uh, from a betting tip perspective, from a Man City perspective? So, yeah, if you guys are leaning towards Man City, I would look at... Uh, Riyad Mahrez or Phil Foden to score anytime plus 220. I also am looking at, I'm kind of working backwards. I could see City winning 2 1. It may be being 2 0 for a while, Chelsea get that late one, or I could see it going 2 1 for a while. Then, then as Chelsea have to push to try to get that, that 
tying goal. City hits him on the break. So I could see a 3-1. That said, I think that both teams will score. And I like Man City to win. Plus 325 is actually some tremendous value. So I like that one a lot. If you want to take it the next step, you can get some really good value on Phil Foden to score, Man City to win, both teams to score. Uh, that's plus 750. Uh, so, so that's what I'm looking at a little bit, Luis. Uh, there's another one that I really liked. Hold on. Let me dig it up really quick. It's the over two and a half goals of Man City to win. That's the favorite scoreline or with, with uh, the match and the goals uh, plus 230. So Man City to win an over two and a half goals plus 230. If you think it's going to be tight, which we can make an argument given that Chelsea have played things pretty tight. It's just that. Man City and to Man City to win it under two and a half goals is plus two sixty five. That said, anything on the Chelsea side, and I guess we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, the value is way up because they they are not the favorites in this particular game. There is one more though I want to to bring up. It's getting an assist. Kevin De Bruyne to get an assist anytime plus one thirty, and then uh, I think a player to get carded if Fernandinho starts plus one forty for him to get a card. This could be one of his last ever games for Man City. So. I think he's going to be up for it in a lot of different ways, but I think he's, he's an eager beaver, right? He's like the Casemiro of Man City. He's, he's always, you know, toeing the line of whether to get a card or not. And I think that's pretty good value at plus 140 for him to get a yellow. I mean, anytime you go in there with Jorginho in the middle, there's going to be altercations. I feel he's, uh, he's, such, a, he's such a little shit stare, Jorginho. <laughs> I'm still thinking about that Villa game, how you just riled up Grealish. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we'll talk about that later. So that was Man City, your entire Man City info. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we got Chelsea including uh, some uh, audio, some uh, video as well, if you're watching on YouTube from Thomas Tuchel, Christian Pulisic, and much more. Check it out, but we take a break and we'll be right back. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Arguably the greatest manager that's ever lived, Sir Alex Ferguson. Go behind Sir Alex's rags to riches upbringing in Scotland, the difficult sacrifices he made within his family, and the triumphs and failures in the game. Sir Alex Ferguson, never give in. It's an amazing documentary about Manchester United's greatest ever manager and the greatest, as I mentioned, in history. Directed by his son, Jason, the doc recounts the most important stories of Ferguson's life both in and out of football. Stream it May 29th exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. This is a man that won so many titles with Manchester United and gave the Red Devils the real meaning of being a respected and feared club. Make sure that you head to ParamountPlus.com and try it for free. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Kigo Lasso, our Champions League preview. Jimmy, is there anything better than the Champions League anthem? Is there? Is there anything? No. Better? There's not, though. If you actually translate the words, it's, yeah, it's not as cool as the song itself. <laughs> no, I don't care about. Yeah, the words is like, you know, we are the best. We're coming for yeah, like, yeah. You know, it's, pretty, I, it's pretty basic lyrics, but it's 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 the environment. I will say one of the most special moments I've had at a game before as a fan was being outside of the Stadio Olimpico. It was a Champions League semifinal, Roma versus Liverpool. And I got a credential, so I was excited about that. But I stumbled into this area because I didn't know where the hell I was walking. And it was 
the orchestra that was going to play the anthem live in the stadium. They were practicing and it was just me and them. And I was like, this is unbelievable. I get my own concert of this orchestra and the symphony playing uh, the, the most magical song ever. And I just think there's some type of, you know, it's like Pavlovian. You 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 see that you, yeah, you, you hear the play, song I, and you know exactly yeah, where you are. I, I and, pick up a ball. I pick up a ball. Start juggling. It doesn't matter if I'm at a restaurant, <laughs> like whatever. My wife's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "I don't care. I'm just listening to it." It's just it just get. There's a commercial somewhere, by the way. They're in like in a shopping center, and everybody's just chilling. And suddenly, like all these. Oh, I've seen it. I see. Oh, it. it's amazing. All these classical, uh, you know, uh, players start stand up, and then there's the singers and every. Oh, it's amazing. The champion. Unbelievable. All Unbelievable. right. Speaking of, we're talking Chelsea now. Thomas Tuchel and Chelsea. No matter what you think, you can't deny the great work that Thomas Tuchel has done in such little space. I think the whole thing about a manager, definitely of a big club, needing a whole season to get his stuff together, goes out the window now. Thomas Tuchel has done a tremendous job. Um, you know, honestly, amazing. They have Champions League for next season, no matter what. Uh, thanks to Tottenham, which is kind of funny. But now they face Man City, and they have done it before, twice this season already. What are you going to tell me here, Jimmy Conrad? I know that you're heavy on Man City, but if Thomas Tuchel and Co. can do it, how are they going to do it? Well, I remember very early on when Tuchel took over, we had JJ on the show with us, and he said that Tuchel was a master at being the underdog in one-off competitions. And he's the underdog yet again. And I actually feel like he's more comfortable in this situation. I think he's more comfortable with his back against the wall. Nobody believing that they can do it. I think that's a rallying cry for, in some capacity for, for Chelsea, especially because their form isn't great, that they can maybe shake all that off. The pressure of finishing the top four is done. They can relax there. I think there will be some relaxation. There's a sense of we did it, whether they did it in the way they wanted to. Obviously, that's something different and not relying on Tottenham and Gareth Bale to score two goals and a half to, to make that happen. But they got there, and that that has been accomplished. That was a big thing, I think, for Tuchel and for the team in general, that they had all this talent. Could they finish in the top four? They should finish in the top four. There's that expectation. Next year, that expectation will be higher. They want to compete for the league, but that's next season. And also we have uh, some uh, bite here from Thomas Tuchel on the final. And of course, uh, a final he knows well because he just showed up to it last uh, year as well with PSG. But here he talks about it with Chelsea. Check it out. It's it's uh, one of the nicest weeks that you can have in, in, in football because you're the only team. With, uh, okay, two teams are still in training. We're one of it. This is very, very special. And, and you prepare one of the biggest matches in Europe, which is, is fantastic. Uh, hopefully the players take their time to, to also picture it, to, to connect from where they come from when they were little boys. The ball under their arm in the park or in, the, in, the, in, the, in their first clubs. And they dreamed about becoming professionals. And um, this is the moment to, to, to picture it, what we do it for, why do you do it, why was the stream so big to connect you to your little boy in you. And, and feel the um, yeah and feel the joy but at the same time also the hunger to to fulfill your dream that was Thomas Tuho uh, talking there with James Bench from Cobham in Chelsea's training ground Jimmy thoughts on Tuho right now it's up to Tuchel and his staff to get them to forget about all that and to kind of forget about the two victories that they have over city as well because what I've been preaching throughout 
these last couple of weeks, once this, this final got set between these two teams, I just don't see Chelsea beating this Man City team three times in the same season. I just don't see it happening. And that is what Tuchel is up against as well. How can he once again figure out how to unlock City? The number one way they're going to do it is they have to score their opportunities, which I think are going to be even less than they were in the previous two iterations between these two sides. So Timo Werner has to show up. I think Werner's going to continue to start. I'm curious about what happens. Mason Mount's going to start. Frank Lampard's son, as I like to call him, is going to start. And and I don't know if Tuchel's going to start Pulisic, much to the disdain of all of us here back or back in the States. I don't know if he's going to start him. I think he sees a lot of value in bringing him on as a super sub when tired legs are there. And I get it. That's a narrative I can buy into. But I think Pulisic provides something. And what happened in that second one? I'm going to go back to that or the second game they played in the league where, where Chelsea ended up coming back and winning 2-1. When Pulisic got asked to drop deeper to pick up the ball, that's where Chelsea started to gain more traction in the game because he's very good at those half spaces, those little half turns that break the line. And his instincts to get the ball and, and beat that first player, and then as you break the lines in midfield and have center backs step out at you, that creates pockets of space for, for his teammates to exploit. I think it would be a big shame because I don't think Zayek or whoever else they, they choose to put there does it in the same way. And that would be a big loss. That said, if he comes in with tired legs and he's bringing that type of juice, I can see a lot of value in that as well. But I'm very biased. I hope he, hope he starts. Well, and it's funny, Jimmy Conrad, that you talk about Christian Pulisic. Well, not that funny. He, I mean, USMNT players uh, always uh, stick together. But listen, James Bench talked to Christian as well about what it means to him to uh, hopefully if he starts, if he plays, he should play. Of course, the first male American to be in a Champions League final. He does discusses this and much more. Check it out. It's uh, obviously a really cool, uh, yeah, I guess, accomplishment, but that's not uh, what yeah, I'm going for. I really want to win. Uh, really first American to win. Yeah, well, not even just American, just just in general for this team for, you know, it's just a uh, yeah, it's been a long season and we're uh, we really want to push to, to win this. That was Christian Pulisic there, Jimmy Conrad. All right, let's talk more about Chelsea here. You mentioned uh, N'Golo Kante. I mean, he's just huge for this game. He's always a pivotal factor. Everything pretty much is specifically in the midfield depends on him. But I'm keeping my eye on Edward Mandy here, Jimmy Conrad. Hopefully he can start because he's just massive. I mean, Kepa Arisovalaga is a very good keeper, but Edward Mandy is arguably one of the best in the world. So his inclusion would mean a lot. I think that the difference between those two keepers is that Mendy gives the team a little bit more confidence. Kepa is prone to have lapses in concentration, which have cost the team in the past, right? Which is why they went and got Mendy in the first place. I still feel like there's a big belief in Kepa. He played through their cup runs and the FA Cup and all that. And there was nothing that he did that really was the reason they lost any of those games. So it, it's less on him. That said, I think Mendy just kind of has a different type of presence and a different type of confidence. And I think the players in front of him play a little bit different when he's in between the sticks as opposed to Kepa. So yes, I agree with you 100% that, that Mendy is the top choice if he's healthy. And I expect him to play and I expect Conte to play. That said, are they playing at 100%? That, that's that's going to be the thing we probably won't know until after the fact, depending on the result. You know, did Conte gut it out? You know, I love N'Golo Conte. And we've seen him gut it out before when they were in a Europa League final against Arsenal. He was a question mark in that one. And then he played excellent for the whole 90 minutes because he's a machine, N'Golo Conte. So when he's ready to go, I, I could I could see him playing. Even at 80%, I just don't think that Kovacic is going to cover the same type of ground if they wanted to play him. Jorginho's 
form has dropped off a little bit. I've seen a lot of disdain for Jorginho on social media over the last few weeks, just maybe not being as clean with the ball, which is what he's known for, or, you know, and maybe getting a little petty with, with his defending. What I found interesting about Chelsea's performance this past week is that they seem to be a little frustrated, right? Aspilicueta mm. getting a red card, uh, just, just that, that's a sign of time. was overturned, but he was frustrated. Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's unlike him. Usually he's the most cool, calm, collected character out there. And when your captain is acting out in a way that, that feels frustrated or, or, you know, letting the emotion overtake him and, and all that type of stuff that def to use the, the phrase I used before that permeates to everybody else. And, and so that, Keeping that in check is going to be very important for Chelsea because there's going to be large moments or long moments in this game where they're not going to be in control and City's going to try to possession them to death when, when they can and where they can. That said, what I found interesting, the one stat that I found interesting was in their last game where Chelsea won 2-1, Chelsea actually had more possession. And I was wondering if that's because of the back three City were in and they yeah. were just dropping off in different ways and allowing Chelsea to, let's see if they can create the game a little bit. And they did, actually. I thought when Reese James uh, really started to get forward with more impetus, you could tell that he got, uh, I don't know, he, got, he got the freedom to go forward. He was running past Mendy. I don't think those pockets of space are going to be open again. So I don't think Mendy's going to be out there either. I just going to be a different City team. Chelsea have to score first. If they don't score first, I don't think this game's going 0-0 and they're going to win in penalties. And that was one of my jokes when they played Porto. Like who's, which one of these two clubs is going to zero zero their way to the final. And Chelsea did a pretty good job of doing that for the most part. I just don't see city being not, or city not scoring in this one. So, so there's a lot at stake here. I just see, I think we're seeing a Chelsea team. That's a little bit tired. I don't think they're performing at well at the right time. And you're going up against a city team that can see it. That's salivating for it. And not to say that Chelsea aren't, they're just coming into it limping. A little bit, whereas Chelsea or excuse me, City's kind of like skipping. Hey, guys, we're here at the final, you know, and and Chelsea's like, oh, God damn it. We got to play these guys again. So so it's there's just a, if that's the feeling I get, it can be completely different, of course, behind the scenes. But I don't know when you hear the comments from everybody. And I love that we have sound from all these important people on both clubs. You get the sense there's a little bit more of a bounce in the step of City who have something to prove because they've lost to Chelsea twice and Chelsea just like, yeah, we got to the back four. Whew. Are we, when does this champions league final start? You know? So, so it's just a little bit of a different vibe between the two. Let me ask you something. Team of Werner has had a very interesting season. Of course, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we can talk all about the chances that he's missed and it's been, you know, I think mentally and physically it's been very difficult for him, but you know, he's, he's risen up and he's, you know, I don't think many players, you know, sort of run the channels as well as him. He creates a lot of opportunities. He likes to penetrate. He, he really is a productive player and we can't forget about the talent that he is. How, how important is he in this game? What kind of game do you expect from him and what kind of game do you think we'll get from him? That's a great question. I do think that he doesn't get enough credit for all the thankless running that he does, the tireless running that he does, which whether he receives the ball or not, his relentlessness to get into corners, to stretch defenses, opens up space for the other guys to do their thing. It opens up pockets for Mount and Pulisic and others to, to be able to execute, to be able to pick up the ball and, and run into an area. Because if you have a Giroud, a Tammy Abraham, those guys aren't running the space and the channels in the same way. I do think those guys provide value, making maybe hold up the ball a little bit uh, better than, than Werner. But Werner makes the game more vertical and that creates pockets for, for Chelsea, uh, the, the quick guys to do their thing. And it creates those numerical advantages out wide as they push their wingbacks up higher to join the attack. So I, I like Werner in a lot of different ways. That said, Chelsea just played a big cup final. 
yeah. in the FA Cup against Leicester. I said before that game, this is the game that Timo Werner needs to step up and prove his worth. Yes, he leads the team in goals and assists, but he should probably have five, six more goals and probably five or six more assists, like just given the opportunities of where he is and how many minutes he's gotten this year. And he did not perform well. He was not invisible, but he was rushing things. He was trying too hard. I don't think he's settled by any stretch of the imagination. And I wonder if that's going to be the same. We got to see a version of Chelsea in a big cup final and they didn't perform particularly well. And obviously you had to score a worldly, you know, an unbelievable goal from Yuri Tielemans to, to win that game. And, and yes, Chelsea probably should have had one at the end. I kind of want to see that urgency from Chelsea when they're down start this game a little bit against city, you know, get physical with them, make it hard for them to play and breathe. I do think I'm not counting out Chelsea by any stretch. I could see them grinding this out and trying to get it to extra time and going from there. I don't see them winning over 90 minutes though. I'll be honest there, but, but Timo Werner in particular is going to have a key role, whether he scores or get an assist or not. He's still a very important piece and cog of that wheel. And then at some point, I think you got to bring in Havertz. My big issue, actually, let's get the Tuchel on this. Tuchel waited way too long in that FA Cup final to make subs. And I thought that was one of his big first missteps as a manager. I don't know why he waited to bring on Havertz with 15 minutes. Like all these guys came on 15, 20 minutes later than they should when it was clear that Leicester were going to pack everybody back behind the ball after they scored. And that needs to change. Tuchel needs to make those changes quicker. And I wonder if he'll have the courage, if things aren't going well in the final, to, to maybe pull the trigger on some players that aren't performing well in their, in their time. Yeah, I think that, you know, Werner's uh, responsibility here is going to be big and the way that Tuchel utilizes him, especially his partnership with Kai Havertz. And I think you're completely right about how Tuchel needs to be very smart about how he uses his minutes as well. And I don't know. I'm I, Listen, overall, I'm just hoping for a different type of game from the previous two, because sometimes <laughs> it can be it can be a game of chess, which is great. But sometimes, you know. Chess games are not that fun unless you're like watching Queen's Gambit. So I'm hoping that it becomes a little bit more back and forth. And if we go by the narrative of Man City going at it, kind of uh, Barcelona feminist style, then maybe we'll see that. But, you know, I, I see both teams scoring. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out who will win. Uh, hopefully it won't be a stalemate. I see both teams scoring. Just too much at stake, I think, in this game. Um, listen, before we carry on. No, I mean, no, we are carrying on. <laughs> let, let's get into it. Betting tips. Talk to me so, from, a, okay. from a Chelsea perspective. I, I just, I just, we all have to have a collective laugh here because I'm looking at players to score anytime. Okay. William Hill is absolutely taking the piss because Timo Werner is the 10th player to, to have value on, on, they, they think nine other players, 10 other players are going to score before Timo Werner scores anytime. He's plus 320. They have Olivier Giroud and Tammy Abraham ahead of him. They're, they're more betting favorites to score before <laughs> Timo Werner. I mean, they are, honestly, that is... Well, listen, that's, Tammy that's Abraham, I think, I, I, I don't know why, but I see somewhere here where Tammy Abraham could make a point here. Just come in late and maybe do something. You mentioned uh, how dangerous Chelsea could be from uh, set pieces. You never know, but that is funny that they have more of a chance of scoring than their starter, Timo Werner. Tammy Abraham was not in the 18 for the FA cup final. So I'll be surprised if he makes the 18. Yeah. Maybe more Giroud than I don't know. But Giroud, gonna... Yeah. Giroud's plus 300. I don't know. It's that was uh that's a fun one for me uh, to your point. I think if Chelsea do it again, I don't see them winning straight up. I really don't. I think if they're going to, going to take this and win potentially, I think it's going to be a draw through 90 minutes. So if you guys like both teams to score in the draw, that is plus three 30 right now. 
So that's not bad value, all things considered. But if you guys are like, listen, I'm Chelsea all day, every day. I'm never going to bet against the team that I love or whatever. Them winning straight up is plus 360. So have at it. You don't even need to add any sexy props to get great value. You can just bet on them to win. If you want to throw them in a parlay that you've got with some other games or whatever you want to do, that was some, that's something I would consider. And then, and then um, I, I like, if you really think that Chelsea are going to do it, excuse me, I picked the wrong, the wrong one here. No, no, this is right. Then I really like Chelsea to win an under two and a half goals plus 625 because that's what they do under Tuchel. They, they suffocate you. They make it really hard to create any opportunities. And if they can score first and lock it down, I, I could see them eking out a one zero, you know, but, but I honestly could probably see a one, one here from a Chelsea perspective. If I put on, I don't have a Chelsea Jersey on at the moment. I have a Conte one and I love him, but I could see a one, one. So you could go Chelsea or the draw and under two and a half goals is plus two seventy. So clearly William Hill thinks that because that's a big jump to Chelsea winning under two and a half plus six twenty five. If you think Chelsea going to win two, one, like they did Chelsea and over two and a half goals is plus 700. So there's a lot you can go with, with Chelsea. I don't think you have to package too much to get some great value with them, but I'm, I'm leaning the other way with regards to my scoreline. I just think that the city are just, they're just too good. And, and I think they're going to lock down Chelsea in a way that Chelsea haven't seen yet this season. All right, well, let's end it with that then. Score predictions, final score predictions. I think everything that you have said in this podcast, Jimmy Conrad, leads me to believe, and I'm not being a genius here, that Man City are going to win. Will they do it in 90 minutes and will both teams score? Yes, I do think. I think it's going to be 2-1. I'm going to go, I'm going to put money on, legitimate money on plus 325 Man City to win both teams to score. I'll take it one step further and say the exact scoreline will be Man City 2-1 plus 800. Woo! The, the favorite exact scoreline on William Hill is 1-1 plus 490. So, so here's something for you, actually. I figured this out. I was doing some NWSL bets uh, recently. These values are so crazy. You could put, honestly, you could put $10 on the draw 1-1 and that you'd win 49, right? That gives, you, that gives you opportunities to maybe make four bets. So you could put Man City to win 1-0 as the second one, plus 500, put 10 on that. The draw, I don't think it's going to be the draw. So find your favorite four score lines. Man City winning two once plus 800. I bet 10 to win That's 80. That's amazing. I can make four bets and probably yeah. make my money back based on four results that I could choose from. So what if, what if, what, what that, is the, because I don't want. You tell me, you t- these are crazy, crazy values. Well, I don't want this. I don't want this to happen because it's going to be such a long day, but <laughs> I feel like if it's one all and, and then it goes to extra time and then Man City win in extra time. Man City winning in extra time. Two, one. one. Sec. Extra time. I don't want this to happen, everybody. Uh, it's going to be Man such City a long to day. win in extra time is plus 850. See, so that's another. Chelsea thing. to win in extra time is plus 1400. Uh, Man City to win in, in, on penalties plus 1100 or either one of them to win in penalties is plus 1100. Well, see, there's so just put five bucks on each one and just see what why happens. not? Why not? Why not? But but for me, I would do exact score lines because you if no, you, you have to do exact score lines. You have if to you, if you can do honestly, I think you, the math that I'm doing in my head based on the the, the lowest one, one ones plus four ninety, you could put four bets. You majored in math as well in college, right? I did. <clears throat> I didn't graduate, but still look at how cool it is to be a math major. So four 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 bets. You can probably make four bets. Major, that's it. That's it. Four bets and 
and bet ten dollars or five dollars or whatever, and and pick your favorite four score lines, and you will make money on on one of those. If 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 one of the four hit, of course. I mean, if it's all right. Some- listen, it's the Champions League final. Everybody. I know. I'm just trying to have. Some no, fun. no, no, no. I'm saying it's the Champions League final. Put ten bucks on each one. What, <laughs> who cares? Go yeah, I'm for sure, it. I'm sure you bet more on the Super Bowl, everybody at home. On, oh, on, absolutely. On those little square. My mom always suckers me in. How would you like to bet twenty five dollars a square? I'm like, yeah, yeah sure. That sounds yeah. amazing. Thanks, mom. And I never win. I never win. I always do my never. wives from her school or her co- colleagues and never stuff, win. and we never. It's really annoying. Never. Yeah, so here you have way more information. You have much more context. You can't lose. Well, you can lose. But if you lose, at least you have a little bit more info. So I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm going to go with, I don't want this to happen. I want to be wrong. But I'm going with one all extra time Man City winning an extra time. I'm hoping it's yours. 2-1 Man City. But I wouldn't be surprised if there's more of a bigger scoreline. I don't know. Man City's going to be really up for this one. They're like, we've waited forever to be here. We're not wasting our chances. Kind of, once again, like Barcelona Femini. And I think- yeah, I just want really to give a shout out to Michael Superbecker on Twitter, who, who says that I owe him one. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, yeah, I've given you right. a lot to choose from, Michael Becker. And well, I hope that you hit and I wish you the best of luck. You know what, all you people, what are you talking about? We <laughs> give you everything so much. And we're not going away after the Champions League, by the way. We still have so much more. It's ridiculous. My this God. summer is popping off. It's crazy amount of games. Que golazo summer. I love it. I love it. Jimmy Conrad, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for being part of our Champions League preview. Jimmy Conrad on Twitter, on Instagram. We both will be as well on HQ as well as part of the coverage. There's so much more to come. James Bench, by the way, thank you so much for all your interviews. You can read all his contact. He has a, he has a great interview uh, with Pep Ardila on the side and as well, plenty more as well on HQ and beyond. But Jimmy, thank you so much, my man. Thank you. And for everybody listening, this has been one hell of a season and I'm excited for this upcoming summer as we switch from club to country. It's going to be popping off. Like I said, I'm putting on my sunscreen, putting my trunks on my floaties. It's all happening. (laughs) Oh, we're going to do this from the pool one day. Hey, everybody. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad, James Benj, and everybody involved for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Pod. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify, on Stitcher. You can watch this whole thing and all the other episodes on YouTube, on our YouTube channel. Make sure that you subscribe, youtube.com forward slash Golasso. We're on cbsports.com, your CBS Sports app as well. This has been a hell of a season, but we have so much more to come, including international competition, the Nations League, as well as the Euros, and so much more. Que Golazo never sleeps, and neither should you when you listen or watch us. Thank you so much for being with us. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, 
There's joy in every journey. 